Hello and welcome back to the Fan Awesome Podcast. I am your host today, Javon, and I'm here with my co-host, Avir Gordon. Today's episode will be dominated by the Champions League. We will discuss the Champions League um, on a whole, especially its final in detail, and we will give our thoughts, reviews, and reaction. Welcome to the Final Whistle. And let's kick it off. Let's get it started. Gives you goose, gives me goosebumps every time. Javier, what's up, my friend? It was a crazy weekend. It was a crazy weekend, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Much like we said in the show's preview, we will be discussing um the Champions League final. And I was watching this game with a couple of friends doing out drinking. You know, we had to do it big for the Champions League final. And yeah, this yeah. game was off the hook. So I mean... It was it was a brilliant game. I don't even know where to start. <laughs> so I'm going to have you start <laughs> with your analysis. Oh boy. I just want to start with how Real Madrid was playing on, on the Ancelotti. The, the defensive, well, yeah, defensive type of um, game plan that they came in in the first half. I mean, Liverpool was attacking like crazy. Luis Diaz, Salah, they're... You know, they're on the, the forefront attacking like crazy, but man, Madrid defense was absorbing all that all that um that pressure from Liverpool. Yeah. Um Mendy, um, Mendy with Salah, um Alaba was doing some nice blocks, Casemiro intercepting the ball. I mean Trent got him a few times, but boy, Casemiro holding and passing the ball off, you know, played onto, you know, um on the right on the right ring and so forth. But man, Madrid was boy. They're playing some good ball game. Liverpool as well. I'm not being biased. They're playing some good ball game as well. But Madrid was just they were holding it. Yeah, they were holding it. Um I, I wanna deep dive into this from uh Liverpool is from a Liverpool perspective. For Liverpool to lose this game, Tibor Corta, which is a real Madrid player, would have had to had a have a brilliant game. And he did. But let's yes, look at this did. from a Liverpool perspective. Within the first twenty five to ten minutes, Liverpool came out guns blazing. They were winning they lived in Madrid's half. They were pressure the the centre backs and fullbacks were higher up the field. They were pressing. They were pressing the ball. They came up they came out guns blazing. Right, and they lived. I would say from the first minute to the, about the twenty five, twenty fifth, twenty fifth minute, um, they were attacking um, Real Madrid. Uh, mm-hmm. Mane had a couple. Well, to be honest, there were there were no clear cut chances. They dominated the midfield in the first half. Yeah, and especially in that first quarter, quarter of an hour, they passed the ball well. Honor was high up. Vinny had to track back. Valverde, who was playing on the other wing, had to do a lot of defensive work, which is a brilliant tactic, I had to say, by Ancelotti. It was, it was, because when I saw the lineup, he was on the right, right wing mm-hmm. as well, yeah. And yeah, was, every, everyone I mean, was calm. Yeah, that's where the first goal actually came from. 
Yep, everyone, everyone, the only goal, everyone yeah, yeah, who wanted yeah, goal, w- yeah. was calling for um, Rodriguez to start. But I think this was a tactical masterclass in starting um, Red- Fede Valverde because Fede Valverde can tuck, drop into that pivot and drop into midfield, where, which allows Real Madrid to transition to a 4 4 2 formation, which makes them more defensive when they don't have the ball. And it worked to a T. Yep, from a Liverpool from a Liverpool's perspective, they honestly they did what they had to do. They came out, they they attacked, they dominated possession of the ball in that first fifteen to 20, 25, 25 minutes. Um, basically, whole first half, nothing really happened in that first half um, yeah, until about the fortieth minute, where Real Madrid attacked and um, scored that first goal that which was chalked off offside. For the love of me, I don't know why it was offside. I thought that goal should have stood because um, Konate, yeah, because Konate and the goalkeeper played the ball, and mm-hmm. because they messed up, it then broke to Benzema, which who scored. Yeah, so by it. the letter of the law, that should not have been offside. Boy, in football nowadays, there's so many laws that is being changed, changed each time. Like I, I was reading during the game, and like I'm pissed on new rules being picked up. I'm like, what? Like this really don't make any sense. Yeah, they're enforcing know, new, the Yeah, they were enforcing new laws. I don't know why. Um but 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 from a Liverpool perspective, uh we covered the first half. In the second half, um they looked a bit jaded, like they were losing their legs. Um the the the, the key uh-huh. matchup the key matchup for me was a uh, was Luis Diaz versus Carvajal. That was a. I'm not gonna lie. Luis Diaz ran Carvajal in the ground. He was struggling, but he was up for the fight. He performed. Carvajal he performed. He, he fought all the game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, as you're seeing that like, Liverpool looks jaded. I mean, gagging pressing. I mean, Liverpool squad is getting older by, by by the year. I mean, like the players are like, how old is Salah? He's like what? Almost thirty. No, he's yeah, it's about to be thirty. 29, uh, Henderson, oh god, he's like 31 or so. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're under a manager who plays gagging pressing, you need to be running all the game. Yeah, you have to have the legs on you. You need legs, young players. Liverpool squad is getting older. And I am sure he wants to replace his entire midfield because he brought in Thiago. Thiago Antecar is like 31. And yeah. he's not really a gagging pressing player as well. So, I mean, you can't expect them to run all the game. Yes, yes, and 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 that's true. Um, in the second, building on that, in the second half they faded, but when the game became more open, when the big when the game became more open, that's where you saw. Um, Thiago, uh, not I'm sorry, Thiago Alcantara started to do his thing, mm-hmm. especially when yeah. Liverpool had even in the second. See the first half of the second half, Liverpool had Majid pinned um to the edge of their box and they're whipping mm. crossing, they're playing mm. balls in behind. Ooh, Mane has a finish. Mane had a, a Mane had a few chances, Salah had a mm-hmm. few chances. Quarter made some nice saves. Yeah, quarter made some yeah. brilliant saves. Mane uh, did have a brilliant shot in the first half, which deflected mm. which quarter actually tipped onto the post. And then he captured it when it was rolling behind him. Um, but yeah, Liverpool. I would say Liverpool had a good game. It wasn't. They didn't play yeah, they did. brilliant like usual. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and <clears throat> with that being said, in con- contrast to that, Ancelotti came out with a game plan. Yeah, he totally he, did. He, Ancelotti knew he that. could not go toe-to-toe in an open attack in football game versus Look, Liverpool. He would honest, simply just get my, slaughtered. My opinion mm-hmm. is that people say, oh, it's boring football, defending. I mean, defense win your titles. Easy. Sir, Sir Alex Ferguson said it as well. Defense win your titles. Ancelotti, I mean, he's Italian, you know, they do defensive football over there. He tied him with counter-attacking football. I mean, it's just perfect. It works. It wins him titles. He, he won a European trophies in, in England, right? England. It, it was yeah. two in AC and two for, two for AC and two for Madrid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It works. He proved it works. So, I mean, I don't know why people are saying boring. I mean, it's effective. That's the point. That that's the point, and I don't I don't even think to your point I don't even think Ancelotti plays attacking football. I like he plays my favorite type of football, which is effective football. I mean, I yeah, love exactly. yeah. gag impression. I love the total control from Pep. Love to see mm-hmm. it. I love Conte's football, which is counter counter attacking defensive football. But mm-hmm. Ancelotti plays effective football, which is perfect in my opinion because you play uh, to who you're facing. Let's say they were facing. Let you see how they were. No one can tell me they played defensive football against City. No, they played open attacking football against City. They went for it. Open, yeah. Right. So Ancelotti and Luko, they played against Chelsea. They the first leg against Chelsea, they played attacking football. Second leg, Mm -hmm. they tried to play a defensive football. How they played the first leg in PSG, but it didn't work. And then in the and at the end of the game, when they open up to play attacking football because they had to, they won the game. Yeah, you know. But going back to that Champions League final, um, how I saw the game unfolded from a Real Madrid perspective, <laughs> I thought they played it brilliantly. They didn't get a lot of chance. They didn't get a lot of shots uh, on target. They didn't need a lot of shots on target because, again, it's effective football. Valverde, yeah. he will were the game changer in this match because mm-hmm. Liverpool, like, like we said previously, played brilliant football and it stopped, they stopped Madrid's um, automatic out ball. As we've, seen, as, as, as we've seen all season, that long ball to Vinicius or Vinicius can take the ball to mm-hmm. the 18-yard box. Liverpool shut that down. Yeah. They shut that down. As you're saying, passes are impressive. Cruz, Tony Cruz is really good. Yeah, he had a great game, no? People don't talk about him, but they don't realize that he's so important to the side. Yeah, man. Controlling the tempo of the game and passing the ball forward. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yes, yes. Definitely. And Modric as well. Oh my mm. God! I saw Majid did uh, the outside football, the outside foot pass like three times in the game. I'm like, what? And I'm not, and I'm not talking like five, ten yard passes. Locking thirty yard passes, he's whipping it across field, mm. switching, switching play. Oh, it, it was beautiful. But yep, as I was saying, the only person who was gaining um, any progress in this game was for Real Madrid was a. From a real major perspective, was Valverde because when Valverde took the ball, there was not the, Liverpool shut down that long ball to Vinny, 
or that ping to Benzema. Then when then when Benzema yeah. got it, he would ping it to Vinicius. Liverpool shot mm-hmm. that down, but Valverde was free. So multiple times when Valverde got the ball, he actually picked up the ball and he ran at defenders. How much time did we see him knock it past Robertson? Knock it between wow. Robertson and um, Konate and just go around him. Or if Van next over there, he, he just balling. run. Pardon? He was, ball- he was balling, man. Yeah, man, he was balling. It was, to me, to me, I really think Valverde was um the, the key changer in this game. And going forward, we saw in the sec we saw the first in the first half a goal being chalked off. What you, I know you said earlier that you expected this goal to stand. Mm-hmm. Um what were your thoughts in thoughts in this 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 section of the of play? Uh to be honest, I was really surprised and also, you know, you can see it on the Madrid players' um, faces. I was expecting the goal to stand and you have to bring it into question. What are the what are the correct rules nowadays? There's so many things changing in football that you don't know if it's written or not. You're seeing new rules being brought up. Like I, I really don't know what to expect in any game. And you see there's VAR or VAR coming along and you know justifying certain decisions and like does this even make sense anymore that we use this technology and the rules are changing? Yeah, is, in certain in certain circumstances, VAR going to change. Yeah, in certain yeah. you're right. In certain circumstances, it makes no sense. Like, I, I would I would have in this phase of place, I, I would have understand it if he came off a Madrid's player and went to Benzema. Obviously, exactly, that's yeah. offside. But he but came off the goalkeeper and Konate. Yeah, what exactly? It's played by Liverpool players. So how is that? I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's just these refereeing decisions yeah. nowadays is just so backwards. Asinine, if you ask me. So it doesn't make any sense. Does not make any sense. In the second instance, um, where the goal actually scored, Valverde. I don't know if that was a shot or a cross, but it, it turned out. <laughs> you say it was a cross? Because he beat um a cross. He made that. Yep. And coming into this game, we everyone was Pinning the one matchup everyone wanted to see was Vinicius versus um Liverpool's Alex um Trent Alexander Arnold. And timeless debate has gone on. He's not solid defensively. I don't care what you said. He was at fault for that goal. And I'm not pinning it completely on him because Van Dyke could have stopped the cross. And um I think it was Van Dyke and Konate could have stopped the cross because he played it. Someone said, someone said Van Dyke did a Maguire. <laughs> I'm sorry to get it out of my system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Real Madrid did, um, after the goal was chopped off and Madrid gained a little momentum in the second half, they were attacking more. Um, but Trent, you have to keep a track on your runner because Konate Konate had Benzema covered. All you had to do was drop back and follow the run of Vinicius, and you didn't, and that cost you the goal. And then mm-hmm. after Real Madrid got the goal, the yeah, I, anyone would. But anyone would. But um, if you, I never thought Liverpool was gonna score after Real Madrid scored because they because mm-hmm. Corta made some brilliant saves in the second oh, half. Nice saves, man! Oh my, Jeez. 
Messi's an understatement. Did you see the save where um, Salah took it past Mendy, just completely obliterated Mendy, Mm -hmm. and then went near post and just and and I thought he hit the post, but Corta actually saved it. Mm Well, how much did Corta cost again? Thirty-five million. Yeah, that's thirty-five million Madrid spent in recent time. Right, Corta has mm. is the first goalkeeper to make nine saves in a Champions League final. That's the most saves in any mm. Champions League final. Congrats to him. Of course, of course, congrats to him. Of course, and he made the most key key saves throughout the competition. Because even if you look at that key save against um, uh, Manchester City on Grealish, it was mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it was crazy. Because Corta this season has sixty one saves in the Champions League. Oh, okay, okay. Like, it's 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 it's. I mean, it does about well. What the, on the flip side, you can say, oh, why does he have to make so much saves? That means the defense aren't good. I'm not saying that. We're just saying. This was a keeper who showed up on when it matters the most. Yeah, that's important. Yeah, so what can I say? Just it was just a brilliant game. I enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. enjoyed every moment of it. Being a Real Madrid fan, fourteen <laughs> times, Real Madrid have officially doubled the amount of times they won the Champions League more than anybody to take part in the competition. The next, yeah. the, the the next closest one will be AC Milan. AC Milan, yeah. Um, seven coming in at seven, and Liverpool coming in at six. Barcelona coming in at five. So Real Madrid are in a league of their own. Mm. Are in an absolute league of their own. Switching gears. Switching gears. Moving um. From the actual match itself, we're we're gonna talk about some honorable mentions, um, with the Champions League finals, and I would like to start with, <clears throat> um, the final whistles, club, of the competition. Hmm. No, obviously Real Madrid won the Champions League, but this section entails club that really stood out. And really surprised me. And I know it's your favorite. The winner or the first place person or the first place club is going to be Villarreal. Yeah. So take it away. Mm. Yeah, Villarreal. Villarreal really stand out this season. Although I don't really like the manager like that. But um, they they did some good work. They won the Europa League. They made the Champions League. They beat Juventus. They beat Bayern, which is... Crazy, Bayern has been in the semifinals since forever. They're always in the semifinals and they knock them out. So, I mean, that's amazing. Very that's good. That's amazing. That's amazing, mm-hmm. bro. Like, mm-hmm. um, but hats off them. They, they did good until they got knocked out. But, man, it was a good run by Villarreal. I hope we see them again soon in Champions League final. Unai, I know he's going to, he's a, he's a cup manager. He's going to come back again soon. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, yeah, let's see how long it takes them to get back to this level. <laughs> yeah. Another club another club that I wanna that I personally want to mention is Ajax. I know they got knocked out at the group stage. Not not mm-hmm. I'm sorry, not the group the round of sixteen against sporting, but 
Sebastian Haller and company, Anthony, um, they played some great football. They played some um, nice, brilliant attacking football. And I want to give them a shout-out, you know. I want to give them a, a, a bit of praise because yeah, it's the second time that Eric Ten Hag has made a brilliant attacking team that everyone loves to watch in the Champions League. So hats mm-hmm. off to Ajax and Eric Ten Hag. Continuing um, with the UCL and Final Whistles theme, themes, um, let's look at the Final Whistles' top five player of the UCL season. Kicking it off at number five, we have Sebastian Haller. <sighs> Eleven goals. Remember, he he he, he got knocked out at the at the round of yeah, sixteen with Ajax. Eleven goals. He played some brilliant football as well. Um, he came in. He came in with eleven goals, three from his right foot, four from his left, three from his head, one I think off his chest or something. <laughs> and of those eleven goals, he only scored one penalty. And when okay. you're discussing impact on team. Um, I think he did a brilliant job. No one was expecting this. He came out of nowhere. Ooh. Basically, came out of nowhere. I think he was at West Ham before. Yes, he was at West Ham. And he was bad at West Ham some instance. <laughs> yeah, so no one saw this coming. So we have Sebastian Haller at number five. At number four, Tibor Courtois. This man was the best goalkeeper is the best goalkeeper on the planet this year. Mm-hmm. Fight me. I agree. I agree. Fight me. I'll I tell agree. you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think undoubtedly he's been the best keeper. Like, again, he has the most... He has... Without him, Real Madrid would not, would not have made it past PSG. Ah, true. Because... While he did concede two goals against PSG, the amount of goals he stopped from going in, especially against Mbappe, was mm-hmm. absolute. He comes in with 61 saves, with only 14 goals conceded, one save, one penalty save, five clean sheets, uh, four punches made, and all of that with um, 30 matches played in the UCL. Obviously, he played every game. Yeah, deserved. Number three. It's another Real Madrid player. We have Rodrigo. Now, you're going to ask me why I picked Rodrigo. Without Rodrigo, they would have never made it past Chelsea. And and they definitely would not make it past Man City. Man City. Two goals against Man City to to take it to the final, to take it to extra time. He scored those two goals with his mother no matter what, what, two, three minutes coming on because it was yeah, a 90th that, minute, yeah. 89, 92nd yeah. minute. And then, and then Benzema scoring the, the, the penalty to take it, to take them to the final. But going back to Rodrigo, Rodrigo did score that goal that Cruz, that Madrid assisted with the outside foot pass. So Beautiful. he's been a key figure in Real Madrid season, not only in the Champions League, but also in the league. 
So he comes in at number three, and the impact he has on the team, literally without Rodrigo, no UCL win because they would not make it to the final. Vinny, coming in a second, we have Vinicius Jr. Literally the same thing. Goal against City, the creative play, linking up with Benzema, making sure, because the partnership that he has with ben, Benzema, uh, it's literally telepathic. They don't, they know where each other are on the, fit, on the pitch. Plus, not only that, he is Real Madrid's go-to out ball for them to make mm. progress up the field and attack. That's so Vinicius comes him, in. He be up the field. There you go. He beats players, he takes players on, he runs <laughs> he runs players right back right back into the ground. Yeah, Trent. <laughs> Kyle Walker. <laughs> Kyle Walker. Oh god. Yeah, Vinicius, amazing amazing player and coming in at number 1, the Ballon d'Or favorite. Man with the most UCL goals. This season, coming in with 15 UCL goals, coming in the best striker in the world, coming in at number one, Benzema. Big Benz. Big Benz. Kareem, the Kareem the dream, Benzema. Here we go. Round of applause for Benzema. Benzema, arguably the best player in the row right now, best striker in the row, definitely, and number one favorites to win the Ballon d'Or. My co-host Javier and I have conducted the final whistles starting 11 from the UCL. So, these are the best players that we think that should be in the starting 11 for the UCL. Um, For striker, Javier has Benzema. Great. For left wing, I picked Vinicius Jr. For right wing, we have Mares. Mm-hmm. For midfield, who was your first midfielder? Uh, I picked Kevin De Bruyne, of course. Second midfielder, uh, Casemiro. I picked. Yep, Casemiro. I picked Luka Modric to round off the midfield position. No, when we got to defense, that's where we had a we had a huge uh, debate. It was, it was so picky. It was very picky. We had a huge debate. I chose Kanate because Klopp started him in all the Champions League games this season. He had a brilliant game. He to me he had a brilliant final. Um, despite losing against Real Madrid, he had a brilliant final and he had a great run coming up. We also. We kind of mutually agreed on Van Dyke. Yeah. This Van Dyke, we don't need to explain why. Made it the Champions League final, of course. Oh, and for the right back position, we chose Cancelo. In the in the goalkeeping position, we have the best goalkeeper in the world this season, Thibaut Courtois. And that rounds okay. off the final this is player of the season players of the season or team and teams of the season. I know. Some people will say, oh, we have Sebastian Haller in the play of the season, but not in the theme of the season. Well, he's on the bench. We also have Christopher and Kuku on the bench. Yeah. So that runs off the final whistles player of the season. 
Switching gears to the Europa League. I track fan for beat Leipzig. Mm-hmm. This is a so nice. This is what their first European trophy in life for some years now. I believe it's like over 42 years or so. I mean, finally, a European trophy is coming back to Germany. Other than Bayern who won a few seasons ago, but a different team other than Bayern, which is just, it's just perfect. I don't know, it's just perfect. And I'm happy for Frankfurt. And under Kovacs, they rebuild. They, 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 they went up in the Bundesliga. They got a European spot. New manager came in. Stability and they won a European trophy. It's just, I'm happy for them. Yeah. Okay. Frankfurt, congratulations. Like to see these clubs aim for the European trophy. And this is something I've always said. If you know you're not going to, if you know you don't have a deep enough squad to compete for the league and win the league, if you know you're not going to compete for any cup competitions in your domestic mm-hmm. league and you're in Europe, whether the Conference League, Europa League, or Champions League, I say go all over it. And this is what yeah. Frankfurt did. And congratulations mm-hmm. to them. Europa Conference League, we saw Roma beating Feyenoord 1 0. Javier, mm. take it away. Boy, the person Jose Marina is finished. They said the man was finished and he got sucked by Spurs. Before a, before a cup final. That makes no sense. Before a cup final. That makes, that makes no sense. But man, he won a European trophy with Roma and he's the first manager to win the Champions League, Europa League, and the Conference League trophy. Nice achievement. And Roma, he brought it back to Rome. He brought it back to Rome. That is so poetic. And I saw the celebrations. The fans were so happy. They love Jose Marino. And I believe he's staying there again for another season. But let's not just talk about Jose Marino alone. Tommy Abraham has been a really good striker. A really good striker. Mkhitaryan, good midfielder as well. They're, they're both crucial to the side. I know Maitland Niles was at Roma as well, you know, Arsenal player. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they didn't play much, but Tammy Abraham, Mkhitaryan, Nicolo, there are some really good players who contributed to, you know, them winning their, their Conference League um, um, trophy. But man, I'm happy that Roma won, and this is good for Italian football overall. You know, Juventus didn't reach as far in the Champions League final, but at least a trophy is going back to Italy, at least, by a different team this time. And, you know, it, it's, it's good for them. It's good for Syria overall. Yeah. Yeah, very, very, very fantastic. Congratulations, Jose Mourinho. You were a coach at both Real Madrid and Chelsea. So I have to give hats off to you. Thank you for a little round of applause. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, uh, don't forget intern as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. He was he was a coach at Inter. So, brilliant, brilliant, successful career. He is the special one, and we thank you for everything you've done. Let's see if he can challenge for the league next season and for Coppa Italia next season. Switch it to some quick hits. Lewandowski wants to leave Bayern. Wow. Honestly, this shocked me, 
because he has been at Bayern for so long. Although he was at Dortmund, he transferred to Bayern as one of the best strikers there is. And for him to leave now, he's actually pushing for a leave. Like he's on the media saying, Yo, I want to leave Bayern. Um Carl Rummenigge and Hassan, they're like, Yo, he has a contract with Bayern, he's staying, but he's pushing for pushing to go to Barcelona right now. I don't know why Barca, because he his dream is Real Madrid, but I guess he just wanna go to Spain. I don't he, know. He wants to play for one of the top clubs. He doesn't feel love that Bar- Bayern anymore. Um, we've explained why on 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 previous episodes, and we've discussed this in, in the FPL group chat. Basically, he doesn't feel loved and appreciated as a striker, and he's looking for a new challenge. So, good luck, Lewandowski. Hope your move yeah. comes through. Next in quick hits, we have Chelsea being bought by Todd Bowley and the Capital Group, mm-hmm. Capital Consortment Group. Finally, we have owners, and now Chelsea. Um, the deal was finalized today on Monday, May thirtieth. So it's official. Full ownership. Yeah. Yep, full ownership. Chelsea can now switch gears in the transfer market. Um, he will work with Tuchel to see how they can better the squad for next season. Mm-hmm. Next up, next up on the quick hits, we have Sheffield United. Oh, yes, their right-back, George Baldock, has opted to play for Greece. And the point I want to bring up is that there's so many British players who want to play for different national teams right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Hudson Adoy is playing for Ghana. Eddie Inkoff is playing for Ghana. Mm-hmm. Um, Omari Hutchinson, he met up with the Jamaican um, national team the other day. Mm-hmm. Matty Kiyashi switched to um, Poland. I mean, what is going on with England? I mean, system right now. I can tell you, they, they, they have, I can tell you, they, yeah. they, they have no opportunities. The only good mm. England will always pick the big names on the big clubs to play, and England has so you, much you. players. Yeah, but like the way I see it right now, these these teams who have you know they they find out that the British players have another you know uh, nationality passport whatsoever, mm. and they're doing the best to get them right now, and I mean it's a good look because Ghana. Ghana looks really good right now. Partey, Enketia, um, Hollison Adwey from Chelsea. I, thought, I think Tariq Lampia is in talks with Ghana as well, I think. But that's a really good side right now, if you, if you look at it right now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, Ghana's probably looking to restructure their team. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we'll see. We will see how it goes. One of next on quick hits. One of the news that's been dominated social media and the transfer window is Sadio Mane wanting to leave Liverpool. Ah, uh, Sadio Mane, he's the best player Mane. in the world. <laughs> no, no, no. For me, he's one of the best. <laughs> he's one of the best wingers in the world. And I've said this yeah. time and time, time in, time out. When Liverpool mm-hmm. won the Champions League, the last time they won it. Mane had a better season than Salah. They still spoke yeah, about remarkable. Salah. Yeah. When Liverpool won the Premier League, Mane had a better season than Salah and was more effective. Mm-hmm. They still spoke about Salah. This season, mm-hmm. this man won the FCON, won the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, and was more in yeah. fact, if effective in the Carbo and FA Cup than Salah. If you don't yes. believe me, go back and watch those finals. I watch am not. Watch the game. 
I'm asking watch y'all. The game. Watch the game. Especially in that semifinal versus Man City. Salah didn't do anything. Yeah. Just the highlights. I, I don't tell us in any of the highlights. He's still getting praise though. In the Champions League final, Mane had to clear out the chance. That ball should have went in. If it wasn't for that brilliant save, tipping it out to the post, Liverpool would have been 1-0 up. Mm. But yet still, Liverpool are going more heavily to renew Salah's contract. Yeah. Over but, Mane. Uh, and over whole... Mane right now. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I know he's linked to Bayern, Bayern Munich. Mm-hmm. And just tell us how that's going to go. I believe Liverpool wants at least 40 million for him. Mm-hmm. 25 but, to 40 uh, because of his age. That's why it's not more. Because yeah. it's, yeah. it's a serve for a player like Mane to only go for 40 million. True. Um, so well, let's it, just see what's going to happen with him. Yeah, let's see what happens. The, the last point I wanted to make on this was... In the case of Sadio Mane, if you've seen how he's been treated by Liverpool, not necessarily badly, but they favor Salah over him, I could understand why. And I, like I always say, hey, go where you're wanted and where you can feel, where you can get top game time and be the big dog. Because you deserve to be the big dog, Mane. I say go for it. I say go for it. In other news, Mm -hmm. on the quick hits, Nottingham Forest is back in the Premier League. Yes, after 23 years, they're back. And they're also a big team as well. Two Champions League under Brian Claude. And it's good to see another London team is in the Premier League. I I mean, let's see if they stay up. I think they will stay up in the Premier League. That's just my thoughts on it. They'll stay up. They'll, they'll, they'll stay up. No, I'm... For the past, uh, I think, five years, the team, with the exception of Brentford, the team that has come up through the playoff system um, in the championship has been relegated the following season. Um, Let's see if Nottingham Forest can stay up. But congratulations to Nottingham Forest. Welcome back to the Premier League. Yep. And wrapping up the podcast... My final thoughts, congratulations, Madrid. Madrid, Carlo Ancelotti, brilliant coach, best coach ever, most successful coach ever. Love the way you play football. And this is a brilliant final. Vinicius Jr., I feel like a proud father. I've been following you since, ever since you were at <laughs> Madrid. And you were finally coming into your own son. Vinny! Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> your thoughts? Um, well, the only thoughts I have to conclude now is that there's a crucial game coming up. It's Scotland versus Ukraine. It's going to be on Wednesday, June the 1st. Uh, it is for the World Cup qualifiers. And that is a crucial game, which I believe everybody should watch. Because, I mean, why not? It's heading towards the World Cup. And another thought I want to put in as well is that, uh, well, the Champions League final, um, he said Ancelotti, good achievement, X, Y, and Z. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, he has, a, he has lost at least three out of four Champions League finals. And he, it's, it's really tough on him, but I know him as a manager, as one of the greatest German managers right now, sits beside Omar Hitzfeld, uh, Dolomich Lowe, let's say, let's say Flick as well, Tuchel. He'll mm-hmm. come back, I know he will. And he's yeah. got another contract with Liverpool, so let's just see how they're bounce back next season. You know, Man City, they're certain. 
I'm sure Liverpool will strengthen this season and you know go head to head again. So yeah, that's that's what I got. Yep. I wholeheartedly agree. Klopp will be back and hey, at least he gets to the final, so you know he's doing something right. Thank you for joining us today on the Final Whistle Podcast. I am your host, Javon, and I'm here with my co-host. Javier Gordon. Thank you guys for joining us. See you. Catch you on the flip.